the lover and the fighter podcast with josh cohen and dean thomas indeed this is the lover and the fighter podcast i would be josh cohen aka the lover that would be the fighter in the form of the mma and ufc pioneer coach corner broadcaster personality and now ufc king of all media in the form of Dean Thomas. Dean, you are in Las Vegas, site of Saturday night's UFC 272, and this time of year, the weather is delightful, is it not? It is. I mean, it's beautiful. At night, it's a little cool, but nice and chilly, so not hot. Like, you don't have to turn the air on or nothing. Yeah. And in the daytime, just right. you know, the sun is out, it's just right. Just right. Perfect. Well, th- this card, people are complaining, is not just right. Uh, folks on social media are saying they don't find it attractive enough to stay up late enough to watch, let alone to pay 75 bucks for. I disagree. So let us get right at that and let's get let's get into the backstory because few people had the access that you did for the story as it unfolded. The story, of course, between Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. We know, Dino, that this is a story of once tight friends that became bitter rivals. We know that once upon a time, Colby Covington explained and exclaimed to the world, it is Jorge Masvidal and me against the world. You knew these guys back in the very, very beginning when Colby was looking for somewhere to train with and needed somewhere to live. Yeah, I mean, so like that's really the story. Like Colby came with a a group of wrestlers that the American Top Team had recruited and Colby was just a part of this group. Um, and at the time, Jorge Masvidal was like, man, I want to work on my wrestling because like those guys are very aggressive and they're good. And that was kind of something that he lacked in his game. And so, but the relationship was kind of symbiotic. When Masvidal got that wrestling intensity from Colby, Colby got the clout from Masvidal and sort of some, some street cred in a way. Like he had a guy that everybody respected vouch for him. So the relationship was like, all right, and maybe not on paper, but the reality of that relationship was like, all right, I got a good training partner in Kobe. And Kobe was like, hey, now I got some street cred. So this was symbiotic, mutually beneficial. Few people had access, as I mentioned, as you did. A lifelong, to that point, fighter, an American top team, and then coach until your departure in the spring of 2020. You were here for all of this, for the rise, for the, 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 the friendship, the brotherhood, and then, of course, the eminent fall. And, and this has gotten nasty. It's gotten ugly. Some wonder whether or not it's being played up for pay-per-view sales or for narrative. And, of course, there's always an aspect of that. But you can guarantee, can you not, that there is genuine dislike, disdain, dare I say hatred, that these two have for each other. Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt. And I spoke with Mike Brown earlier today that he coached both of these guys. He's still currently coaching Miles Vidal, but mm-hmm. he coached both of these guys and he talked about how he doesn't think that there's going to be any handshakes or anything even after the fight because there's this is like real legit beef that Kobe crossed many lines and he said many things that he shouldn't have said, not only about Miles Vidal, but just about a lot of different people. So in some way, you know, a lot of people are kind of leaning on Masvidal to put a silence to to Colby. So uh, we will get into the X's and O's and the matchup on this and the other fights on the main card in just a little bit. But let us get still with the human side in the Shakespearean tragedy that is. Uh, well, in the words of Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal and me against the world. You said it was symbiotic. Um, both benefited from. There obviously was a turning point in this relationship 
Colby Covington was a guy that at the time, uh, you know, there was a lot of wrestlers, right? There was a lot of wrestlers mm-hmm. in that weight division, and he didn't really have a chance to stand out. It's when he turned heel, or as he told Candace Owens, when he decided to start the act following the Damian Maya fight in Brazil, where he referred to those people as filthy animals in that area as a dump, that really he went to this this level. But was there discord between these two prior to that? No, I don't think there. I don't think it was before that. I think at that point they were still cool mm-hmm. um, because I remember when Kobe first kind of turned heel, he was still cool with Masvidal, and I remember Mas like looking at Masvidal like, man, I can't believe like how, what are you doing hanging out with this guy? I mean, it was a very weird relationship at that point. Like and, and I understood you weren't the, the only one that felt that way though, right? I mean, right. at the gym, you're there on a daily basis. You're there for long hours. You see everyone come and go, and you work with everyone at this time. You weren't the only one that felt like, why is he still being friends with Kobe, right? Yeah, for sure. Because it, before it was like you understood it because Masvidal had that partner in wrestling. We'll talk about that Shakespearean experience after that. Mm-hmm. But um, but at, at the time, like no one really understood it because at the time, like right after that Brazil thing happened, a lot of the Brazilians were mad at Kobe and they, you know, they had to have a team meeting and say, hey, listen, you know, we're just, you know, you know we keep everything professional in the gym. We're not going to have no beef, no problems in the gym. And when you and, say they had a meeting, who called for that meeting? Is that Dan Lambert? Yeah, for sure. Dan Lambert called for a meeting, didn't want any problems in the gym. It's, you know, he always wanted to maintain that team atmosphere and not have any problems. And and early at that point where there are already Brazilian fighters or others who said, Dan, listen, I don't want this guy here. I don't want I don't want this negative we don't want him here. Was that from the early onset or did that take a little while to build? No, that was that was pretty much like right after the whole Brazil incident. I mean wow. that was kind of the the fire starter right there. That Brazil incident really pissed off a lot of Brazilians in the gym. But then after the meeting and then we're just like look it's just kind of business. It says, you know, we're trying to keep get this guy some recognition. Did Covington at any point away. did Covington at any point try to explain to his teammates, like, hey, it's just for show. Hey, I'm just doing what I got to. They're not gonna renew my contract. Like it's nothing personal. Because there's a video that we've seen of a somewhat intimidating Muslim man who was doing a selfie video with Kobe Covington asking him flat out, you got a problem with Muslims? And Kobe's talking super fast. He's like, I got no problem at all. I, I respect everyone's faith and their own beliefs. Too. So absolutely not. No, I respect. I love all the... And he's doing like the, the backpedal thing of like, oh, bleep, I better clarify this so I don't get, you know, shot in the face. Um, what, was there any of that? No, not... No, he never tried to... To me, it seemed like he never tried to explain himself. Wow. He just kind of let it ride and was just like hoping people got it. Like he's a bit socially awkward. Yes. So he doesn't have, he doesn't communicate well with people, which is why even, even with the shtick, it took him a while to get it down because he doesn't really communicate all that well. It, it took Eventually a- he kind of got the stick down, but yeah. he just, you can tell like when he's speaking to people, he doesn't really. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, he, it's taken a while for him to actually seem somewhat genuine or off the cuff in some of those exchanges, even myself included in November at Madison Square Garden. I was proud of the kid because it felt almost kind of real and kind of funny and kind of off the cuff. But you got a case of a guy in Colby Covington who's now bringing bad vibes into that American Top Team gym at that time. You're big on energy and vibes. Was the feeling any time that he was in the general population, if you will, that folks just were wanting to not be around him, not be near him. I remember one time being there and he was working out in a private room just all by himself. Yeah, I mean, and that was the way it was for a while. Like, he'd come wow. in and work in private rooms. 
than when he was with Population. Like it was probably a time where certain guys weren't there, but then I remember there being times where certain guys were there, and you know they they had to, some of them got, and them guys had to leave. They were like, "Hey, listen, you know, Kobe's here, and we don't want no problems. You gotta leave." So yeah. like, I mean, it was it was got it got to that point where he really alienated himself and put himself into a position where nobody wanted to be around him. He has really, and if they did want to be around him, they wanted to fight him. Understood. He has built a following. However, there's a real fan base of Kobe Chaos Covington. I learned that at Madison Square Garden in November. Um, firsthand, when he got on the Trump train, when he got on the Make America Great thing, and he went the very easy route of, oh, God bless our troops and our front line and, and our first responders and all of our cops, it's that, and, and it's an easy narrative to, to hold on to, but it's a perfect time in history to do just that. It was a smart, calculated move on his part. Um, but he does have a fan base to the to the population out there. Folks that know him, folks that train with him, folks that work with him, he doesn't seem to have many friends at all. Does he? Does he have folks that genuinely like him personally? Doesn't seem. If that he way. does, I don't. If he does, I don't know. Like I don't know anyone who genuinely likes him. Like like all his stuff that he puts out there is all like paid people. Like his security people are yeah. paid people. The girls he hangs with are paid. I don't know anyone who genuinely likes him. Does he seem sad to you? Because when I run into him in, in public, and it's happened a handful of times, there's a sadness about him where it's as if this is what I had to do, and in hindsight, I wish I never had to. I don't even know. Like, I don't know if he regrets it because I don't... I don't he would never gen- admit it. I don't nec- yeah, I don't, but I don't necessarily think that he's even a good enough person to admit it or, or to, like, regret it. Like, I think that he... He knows that he did what he had to do, and now he, maybe to himself he's just trying to justify because now he has a career, he's got money. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's looking back with regret. I think he's just going to do what he can to make it right for him and justify his actions. So this fan base that he has, they uh, defend him vehemently, and they are loud and boisterous. And it's very much in the Trump train, you know, let's go Brandon mindset. I get that, and he's their guy. But Masvidal's fan base is very different. And while politically they're both on the same side for this past presidential election, Masvidal's fans are, you know, deeper in far as years going back, and they seem to not be concerned about shtick and what have you. This is a fight that is obviously a paid television event, and you'll be there doing commentary in the coach's corner for the, you know, the broadcast team. But but this is one of those situations where you know, you don't have to sell narrative. The narrative writes itself. This is a schoolyard fight between two guys that just really don't like each other, that would like to hurt each other. And we've got one substantial favorite in the form of Colby Covington against a guy who personally may not have trained for this the same way, may not need motivation in that way, that might be looking for something to just turn his lights out. Uh, you tell me because you know the personalities a lot better, uh, more closely than any of us do. Yeah, well, I think this fight really comes down to, in terms of, like, I don't know if we're talking X's and O's, but I, I think it does come down to uh, rhythm and who can establish their rhythm first and who can stay within themselves and not take, not get too emotional in the fight because that's going to be important. You know, one, even neither of these guys can get too emotional, and I don't necessarily think they will, especially Masvidal. Masvidal thrives off of pressure. And he's always calm and relaxed. And Colby is shown to be the same way. So, But I think this is going to come down to who can really uh, establish their rhythm over the other guy. Um, 
But the problem with that for Colby is that the longer this fight goes, the more opportunities right. that the more opportunities that Masvidal has to win because right. he's a very dangerous guy. He's a lot more dangerous. You're the X's and O's. You're the X's and O's guy. That's why you're one of the world's foremost scouts and uh, coaches and corners. You have the ability to see things that others can't. I am the human behavior guy. That's my field of study. And what I sense in this is. There is a big brother aspect. It's not just chronological age, but this was Masvidal taking in and helping out Colby Covington. And as you mentioned, give him credit. Do you get the sense that psychologically there is a big brother factor at play where Masvidal maybe can be the calmer, less emotional, and Covington feels some of that pressure of like, it's big brother, and I don't want to be embarrassed, I don't want to be humiliated, and as a result, might get himself out of his own fight game. I mean, that's a that's a, a take that you have to take seriously. Tyron Woodley said the th- same thing. Big Brother is always going to win. And he, for that reason, he's picking Masvidal to win this fight. Wow. I think that could be a factor if Colby allows that to be a factor. And, that, and sometimes that can be a factor, especially with wrestlers, because they are they can be driven or unmotivated by that. So where, where you, know, you have a guy who's always been kind of better than you, and now you got to face them in front of the crowd. Now you really don't know how to handle that situation. All right. So, It'd be interesting. Yeah, indeed it will. All right, let's real quick take a look at some of these fights then on the main card. Let's just pick up uh, Greg Hardy and Spivak. You coached Hardy from his day one in American Top Team. This may be a last goal round for him. It get You get the feeling that if he doesn't win this fight, his trajectory in the UFC may change dramatically. Yeah, I almost feel like if he doesn't win this fight, they're going to get rid of him because he's not doing the numbers that they thought he would do. They invested a lot into him. He yep. hasn't gotten any better. He, he's not doing numbers, so... This might be his last go if he doesn't win. Kevin Holland, a minus 330 favorite against Cowboy Alex Oliveria. Who do you like here? I like Kevin Holland. I actually think that's a, a very fair odd for Kevin wow. for Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's coming down and wait for the first time, but he's just going to be a little too skilled for Oliveira. This, this one is interesting because it is the legend Edson Barboza and the farmer who's now an aspiring cattle farmer in the form of Bryce Mitchell, who you also know is an amateur rapper. Uh, th- mm-hmm. this one's this one feels a little strange as far as I don't know. It, it's not even an age thing, an experience thing. It it just feels I don't know. But with that said, Bryce Mitchell minus one fifty five favorite. Who you like here? Well, I I, I do kind of like Bryce Mitchell, but um, I'm surprised to see him being the favorite. Like for as dangerous as Edson Barbosa is, I mean he's a very dangerous fighter with good takedown defense. It's going to be tough for for Bryce Mitchell to have his way with Edson because he's going to have to go through a lot of fire. It's, but it's going to matter. It's going to be a matter of how tough Bryce Mitchell is in terms of his chin and being able to deal with that and getting what he wants. All right, co-main event. We know late replacement. It is Renato Mocano in four, uh, four mentioned in RDA. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, who had a chance to push this back a couple weeks and said, I don't want to waste this camp. I did this work. I want to fight on the fifth. So he's happy to do such. Now he's a minus 160 favorite over the fellow Brazilian countryman. Who you like here? I do kind of like RDA, but I'm not counting Moicano out. I think Moicano is a great fighter. I think he's super dangerous. But the one thing that uh, worries me in this fight is the same thing that happened to Moicano when he fought Jose Aldo. He allowed Jose Aldo to big brother him because of mm. you know the reputation. Yeah. And Brazilian guys tend to do that. They allow themselves to get big brother by reputation. And RDA has that reputation. 
you know, former champ. He's been around for a long time. Moy Kondo at some time probably looked up to him. So yeah, is he it, hopefully doesn't let that affect him. Is it a big brother situation in that spot, or is it more of an idolization where it's like, oh my God, there's the legend it's respect? Well, it could be it could be more of that idolization. Okay. You know, uh, and again, he 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 allowed that to happen to him when he when he fought Jose Aldo. All right, Dino, let's get a pick then for the main event of the evening. Colby Covington now a minus three ten favorite over Gamebred. Jorge Masvidal. This will be the main event. It is five rounds. And it's the first time in a long time this car doesn't have anyone with any belt on the line um, as a pay-per-view event. Who you got when it's all said and done? When it's all said and done, I'm going to go with Masvidal. I think he's got wow. too many weapons and he's too crafty and too tricky. And just as Dean gives his prediction, his connection from Las Vegas cuts. But at least you got the prediction. At least you know exactly what it was Dean picked. And you know what? I'm going to go with Dean on this. I'm also going to take Jorge Masvidal by means of TKO. I think that's where this goes. The big brother factor is very real. For Dean Thomas, who just disconnected from wherever he was. Dean, are you back? There you are. I'm back. <laughs> okay. So you took Masvidal. I did too. I went via TKO. What was your means by which? Yeah, I think TKO. I think even even he can be getting out wrestled at times, but I think that he's always dangerous and he can change the course of the fight with one shot. So you can't blink when he's fighting. I'm flattered that you've decided to copycat my exact uh, pick and means by which the fight ends. I'm 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 honestly I'm flattered by that. Have a great way in show. Have a great call on the broadcast team on Saturday night. Do you know if you'll have Rogan back? Apparently, like that's the rumor. The rumor right now is that Rogan's coming in. All right. We'll have a good time with that. For Dean Thomas, it's Brother Love saying thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for the next episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.